another episode of the Comedy Mom Podcast. I am Katie Ipok, your Comedy Mom, and this is week six of the new year, new jokes, writing intensive here on the Comedy Mom Podcast. And if you have joined us through season two, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if not, um, some of us comics here in Central Oregon got together virtually the beginning of the year and did a week-long writing intensive. I did 10 interviews uh, with fantastic comics and producers and we wrote together for like a week and I have been sharing that weekly with you guys. So it's a little bit different on the podcast because during the writing intensive I shared two interviews a day and that's how I was able to wrap it all up in seven days. Um, It's going to take a little bit longer when I stretch it out in a week and that's totally okay because I have a feeling you guys are having a good time. I'm having a good time. It is fantastic. So I've got a writing exercise for you this week on the other side of this interview. And the interview this week is with Gabriel Rutledge. (laughs) Gabriel Rutledge. He is the past winner of both the Seattle International Comedy Competition and the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival in Atlanta. He's had numerous television appearances, including Comedy Central's Live at Gotham. Gabriel has released four albums, including his most recent Good Luck in Court, which debuted number one on the iTunes comedy chart. I also authored a book, Happiness Isn't Funny, which you can find on Amazon. I am so stoked I got to pick his brain. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabriel Rutledge. All right, next up, we've got Gabriel Rutledge on deck. Gabriel, how are you? Good. Good. (laughs) So for people who might not know who you are, which would be a shame, um so your album good luck in court debuted number one on itunes you've got your book happiness isn't funny uh you were a winner of the san francisco comedy competition right uh seattle oh eh, seattle san francisco. you know whatever support community so close <laughs> um that you've, you've done festivals competitions sure. you've got your albums like should anyone question whether you should be giving advice this guy can give us advice Okay. All right. I like, I like, I need to, I need you to, I need someone to read me my credits when I wake up every day to get me motivated. I appreciate that. <laughs> so to start off, I want to ask you, where do you get your premises? Well, um, you know, a lot of times it's just, uh, look, sometimes they show up sometimes uh whatever one of my daughters says something that's just like immediately like oh i need to tell this story um you know embellish it perhaps but it just it shows up it just shows up but those are the lucky times uh a lot of times it's just something in conversation i'll uh or a thought i'll have and i'll just jot uh, a little note down on my phone um <clears throat> and i suppose that has changed towards the beginning of my comedy career, I would almost write out almost like it was a humorous essay, uh, whatever the idea was. And then um, I just, it, that tended to make them sound like humorous essays when I was on stage. It tended to be, you know, um, so uh, I mean, I kind of had to. In the beginning, you have to. You have to memorize it. You have to know what you're going to say. Um, but I've been doing comedy long enough now that I, I feel like my performing instincts are better than my writing instincts. 
And so I'll have the basic idea. I'll have maybe a punchline or two that I think are going to happen, but I kind of, I go up pretty loose with the idea of what I'm going to work on and, um, and then, you know, record it and listen back, see what worked, see what didn't work. Um, but yeah, it's mostly, um, almost all of my comedy comes from something that happens and then I jot it down as opposed to sitting down I'm going to write for the next hour uh which is I wish I did that more but (laughs) frankly I don't (laughs) um but uh yeah it's usually just um just something will occur uh in in the midst of my day and then uh, I'll be like that could be something that's an idea. How do you identify that? Like, what is, what is it about a moment that makes you say this is something stage worthy? Well, I am still, I'm better at that than I used to be, but I'm still not that good at it. I'm still not, uh, many of the things I think are something are not, you know, or it, it's just mediocre. Um, and uh, so I'm still, that's still a constant surprise to me. Um, I just, uh, I think, like, I think the last thing I wrote, I'm not doing a lot of shows right now, but I think right. the last thing, uh, the last thing I wrote down on my phone was um, nachos are stage six. Because I was just thinking <laughs> about like nachos for the table is going to be like one of the last things to come back uh, after coronavirus. Do you know what I mean? Just a group, a whole table sharing nachos. Uh, so that, that I just, I, I just wrote down nachos for the table phase six. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows if it's, you know, it's certainly not going to be a long bit, but it could be a line. Uh, but just things like that. And, um, and sometimes conversation with my wife, I say something funny. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's, uh, but but I still don't. There's still things all the time that are really funny that are not stage funny, you know. And I'm better at that than I used to be, but it's still kind of a guessing game. Do you still do any sort of open mics or any sort of do anything with those ideas on stage before you take them into like a bigger show? Yeah, well, I do the occasional open mic. Um, in, uh, you know, in the before times, I was so busy doing comedy shows that I didn't if I was home I didn't really want to leave home to go do an open mic so I would just sort of sneak it in the middle of my show somewhere for the most part um but yeah there's shows that depends on the show I mean there I definitely would have shows where I'm like I'm not trying anything new tonight because this you know it's uh I need to put my best foot forward or trying to get rebooked or maybe it's my first time in or you know so it's not like no matter what, I will try new jokes, but yeah, I just try them out in my paid shows. Um, And it's actually, it's really, it's better and worse because open mics are, um, it's kind of great because the audience almost knows that you don't know what you're doing yet. This is a new idea and they're kind of in on that. But at the same time, I've had, many jokes work at open mic that I couldn't make work on whatever a Saturday night at a comedy club or do you know what I mean and it's like sometimes 
sometimes open mic audiences are like, they'll like the edgier stuff. They'll like the weirder stuff. They'll like, you know, uh, and then uh, when you try to sneak that in with the rest of my act or whatever, they're just, they're like, no, we, we paid for a babysitter. We don't want this shit. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I do like going to open mic, especially to like, you know, I'm doing this new idea tonight, but it, it also is like, sometimes I get some false positives uh, on an, or false negative on a, on an open mic. Um, and when you do try it, if I'm just doing a regular paid show, it's a little easier because whatever, I can do 20 minutes of good and then take a risk on something. But at the same time, it's also harder because your new joke has to rise to the level of your polished act. So, um, uh, that's a challenge too, but I, I definitely, I like going to open mics. I just don't, um, have a lot of time. Right. But I'll, I'll still go. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good. <laughs> As someone who runs an open mic, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I know what you're talking about though. Cause I've noticed I've had to start thinking about that as a booker when I'm yeah. doing open mics. Cause I've had a couple comics that have slammed and open mics and audiences have loved them. And then I've put them in front of an audience and I didn't get the response that I was expecting to happen. And it's that. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, I don't know what night of the week your open mic is, but a lot of them are on the weekday. So it's like people who drink on Tuesday are different than people who drink on Saturday. You know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah. it's like a different, it's a different brand of person. And so there, <laughs> there is that. Um, and also sometimes open mics are what's amazing about them and bad about them is it's just like this parade of, you don't know what, what the fuck's going to happen. You don't know what you're going to get. You could be, you could be following a legitimately mentally ill person. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, that's a, that's a different standard of, of what's funny you know, sometimes I feel like at an open mic, I'm like, I, I was the first guy who knew how to, uh, I, you could hear me because I talked into the microphone. Do you know what I mean? Little things like that. Um, so it, 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 it is a weird thing where like, sometimes I feel like, um, uh, yeah, like, certain open mic jokes are uh, not necessarily, they won't necessarily translate. Right. And do you think an instinct for that just comes with time yeah I suppose but it's also you know in the beginning that's all you're doing is open mics you know in the in the beginning it's not like um you're thinking in those terms but it it's um I would say in general the um and I'm, I'm not saying this in a because I like edgy comedy I like dirty comedy I like almost any kind of comedy if it's done well, but it, it is um, in general, if you've been going to a lot of open mics and then you get booked on a paid show somewhere else or whatever, in general, I think your edgier stuff will not do as well. That's just, that's just the reality of, um, of, uh, of comedy. And then, you know, I think when you get more experienced, you sort of, you start writing and thinking about what will work for everybody. Um, Because I'm not really a person, look, if I have to do a clean show, I don't swear. Right. Uh, 
second show Friday at a comedy club, maybe I'll do a little more sex jokes or maybe I'll swear a little more, but I'm not, it's, I'm pretty much bringing the same thing <laughs> to, to at whatever my kind of current act is at that time. That's what I'm bringing um, to Tuesday night or Saturday night, or, you know, I, I think a lot of times the audience thinks I made a lot of adjustments <laughs> and really catered it towards them. But the reality is I did not because it, sort of in my head, just over time, you're like, um, if a joke works one out of every three nights and I love it, eventually I stopped doing it because I'm just like, that's not a, that's not a good enough success rate to, um, to, uh, I don't know. I'll ask you, how many times do you try a joke that doesn't work? What's your, how many will you give it a shot? How many, how many times will you try it? So I have a rule that no matter what, and I mean, I'm still doing open mics consistently, but I will, I will take a joke to an open mic three times. And then after that three times, I'll judge it. Cause yeah. then, you know, in theory, it's going to be three different audiences. I might deliver it three different ways. Like, right. And then after that, like if it's failed those three times, then I mean, like, no matter yeah. how much I love it, I got to go. It's got to go. I know it's it. I don't even make it three most of the time. I <laughs> and then in terms of, you know, after that, if I start putting them in like the actual like showcases that I'm blessed enough to do, um, if it, if it has like a 50, 50, I'll take it, especially like at the level I'm at, like yeah, audiences give me a little bit, give us a little bit more of a break. Um, but like, if it's like three shows in a row, then it's gotta go. Yeah. Even also, ones that I love, like, you know, those, those know. joke babies that you just, that just tickle I your know. heart and you love so much, but like audiences don't. And yeah, so that's for sure. And, and this happens when you get more experience, you know, cause in the very beginning, you don't, you have no idea what you are. You're like, maybe maybe I'm going to really talk about society. Maybe I'm going to do abstract one-liners. Maybe I'm going to tell stories, maybe. And you could do different things every open mic. You don't know, but as time goes on and then all of a sudden you have an act, you might have a, I might have a joke that I'm like, that's a good joke, but not for me anymore. I can't make that. That one doesn't work for me. Specifically dirty jokes. Don't, I mean, I talk about sex, but the more I talk, my sex jokes are actually my cleanest jokes in a lot of, in a weird way <laughs> because I'm, I'm sort of aware of the topic. So I'm trying to do it in a somewhat of a clean way, but it's like, it's like if I, I'll think of a funny, dirty joke and try it. And it's like, that's, if I was starting over again, maybe that could be me, but not at this point, you know? I hear that. I think I've just started you know, I'm at like the five year mark and I've just started in general, like my writing's just getting a little cleaner. Just yeah. And I, I feel like that's pretty normal in terms of like trajectory for comics. Like we're all pretty dirty and low hanging fruit the first year as we just sure. learn the basics of like a premise and yeah, yeah, punchline. Yeah. And then like, you just, you can see that comics start to like, as we start to mature, things just get a little cleaner. And every yeah, once in a while- sure. Like I'll come across it, you know, I'll think of a joke or a premise that's really dirty that like I wish, but like I know that's not. Yeah, but I will say about <clears throat> the three times you try it or, um, you know, it's since you're around an open mic scene, 
and I'm not as much as I used to be, but it's very, <laughs> we've all seen people who try it way more than three times. They, they've kind of done the same set many, 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 many times, months, perhaps years. Yeah. And it's never been wildly successful. And that's always, that's so puzzling to me because like you, you might as well get a not very good response with something new. Do you know right. what I mean? But I just, I just think even though it doesn't do well, it's like comfortable. I know this bit. I know this. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's, that's sort of advice I would give myself if I was starting again is like, don't hold on to these jokes. Like they're that important. None of them are that important as first couple of years, especially you're like, I need, you don't need any of your jokes. None of them are important. You know, I mean, they're important because you're supposed to fill a certain amount of time and you need them to do it. But I just mean like the idea that like, well, I know I have my, uh, I have this bit, I have that bit. And it's like, it doesn't, you know, the idea is today's A material is tomorrow's B material. And right. eventually you don't do it anymore. But it's like, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I would hold on to jokes or I would see someone before me do a joke kind of like the same premise as mine. And I'd just be like, no. And then I'm like, who cares? What do we, it was so, you know, it's so, uh, especially the low hanging fruit. You can't get mad at low hanging fruit. You're like, yeah, I no. saw the, I saw the fruit too. So did that person. We should both <laughs> be ashamed, you know? Um, <laughs> right. also I don't mind, I don't mind low hanging fruit. I mean, you know, I was an evangelical church kid. So half the reason I do this is because I get to say shit on stage and talk about <laughs> right. sex. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not above it, but, it, but yeah, I, I do. I definitely think in the people hold on to their, uh, you know, it's, it's such an oversimplification, but I still tell it to myself all the time, which is I try out everything I think is funny and the stuff the audience agrees with me, I keep. And it's such an oversimplification, but it's like so true where I'm like, I, yeah. you know, it's, it's, they're telling you it's, you know, that's, they're telling you if you get to do enough shows, they will tell you what, uh, what works and what doesn't work. And uh, to kind of let go of the idea of like, but I really like, it didn't work. Move, you know what I mean? We got to move, we got to move on to the next one. Pick that joke baby out of the nest. Doesn't I know, I yeah. know you're on your own. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can't live here anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, you know, would you have any other advice for comics, especially like those in their first year? Um, I, you know, maybe uh, be a little bit patient with yourself because um, it's not a thing. The, the best case scenario for your first year of comedy is you can be pretty good for it being your first year of comedy. That's best case scenario. And that's what makes comedy so difficult and daunting is like you start and then everyone that you respect goes, oh, 10 years, maybe you'll kind of figure out what you're doing. And you're like, 10 years, I don't have the time, you know, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when, and then by the way, I'm doing it tw 20 years and I'm like 10 years, I didn't know shit at 10 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it it's it's um you know it kind of feels like nothing's happening but but then when you think about where you started 
so I would, I would, I, you know, I would say this is maybe something my counselor would tell me, but uh, be a little gentle on yourself uh, <laughs> because it's, um, it's, uh, it's just really hard to, you know, if you're talking in the very beginning, it's, it's hard to remember what you wanted to talk about, just to go on stage and have those lights hit you and like, shit, you know, uh, and I almost forget that feeling, but like I, it was, you know, I thought I was going to die for six months. I thought I was going to die every time I was on stage. So it's like, of course I wasn't amazing. Of course I forgot jokes. Of course, you know, um, but I just see people, I see people come out so hard because they know how good they want to be. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're yep. whoever, they, whoever they love. I don't even know. Chris Rock, Patton Oswalt, <laughs> somebody, do you know what I mean? They know they're like, that's where I want to be. But, and they know, so it's like, it's almost like, uh, you know, there's it's sort of a weird first year discipline of like, every time I go on stage, I'm going to have two new minutes. Uh, I write every day from noon to three. Uh, you know, these, but th this is what's so funny about 20 years in the people I met who were the most crazed about the discipline of comedy, none of them are doing comedy anymore because they were like so it wasn't fun right it was so not it's just it's like you know in, in the way it was almost like exercise it was like you know and so it's this weird line i think it's like a fine line between you do have to be obsessed with it to get good at it you do have to make sacrifices and put it before other things if you want to be good at it but at the same time it's like that especially <laughs> especially in the beginning, uh, it is supposed to be fun. And I do think that um, a lot of comedians at every level get a little bogged down in that. And I can do it too. I'll sit around and talk with some old crusty vets and we bitch <laughs> about this and that. And, you know, that guy with a Netflix special used to open for me and blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's like, it's supposed to be um it's supposed to be a little silly. It's supposed to be a little fun. And I do, I do think, um, you know, so I'm contradicting myself. So you do have to work hard. You do have to keep writing new material, but at the same time, you got to be a little easy on yourself yeah. um, to, uh, you know, especially because in the beginning, you're only, you're just, it's just your peers. It's just, you're like, ah, oh, I know they've heard this joke. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's that thing. And so it's like, it's, it's um as long as you keep working at it uh the new jokes will come the old jokes will get better and uh but it, it's really you know the best feeling in comedy is when a new joke works the worst feeling is when an old joke doesn't and that will never change from year one to year 40 that's never it's the same feeling it's the exact same feeling right. um uh, and this is sort of, this is sort of, uh, sounds like almost, uh, mean advice, but if you think it's going to get better, if you think this will be a lot more fun when I start getting professional shows, or if I can start middling instead of hosting, or, you know, when I headline, this will be great. Or when I get on TV, this will be great. Or when I, 
it's never going to get better than it is right now. And that's, I don't mean that in a shitty way. I don't mean that like, of course it's great to headline. Of course it's great. All those things are great, but I mean, it's not, it's not going to feel better than a new joke that works now. It's just not. And, and, and to me, that was enough. I'm like, this is, this is such a, a, a cool thing that I will, I do want to keep doing this. And, you know, again, everything that I can accomplish feels great, but I'm just saying, if you, if you think just like the level above me is not any happier than me, the level below me is not any happier than, you know, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's more fun when you get a little more comfortable on stage, but it's, it's, uh, there's no like magic level where you're like, now it's, now I get it. Now it's fun. Now it's, right. you know, um, but yeah, I actually, uh, I've been thinking about comedy writing a little bit because I have, I have so much fewer shows than I used to that it's, uh, I actually, I used to do kind of do it by accident because I just did so many shows that I would riff something with the crowd and like, what was that? I'll write that down. Maybe that was something. And now I'm, I'm kind of back to staring at a blank page. Like what's going on in my life? What can I, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's a, it's a tough, it's a tough time to write comedy because we don't have that many places to perform it. And I think it's also a tough time to perform it on zoom or whatever, because, um, you're like, I don't, I mean, do the people watching want a bunch of coronavirus jokes? I don't know if they do. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm not sure if they do, but what else are we supposed to talk about? And, you know, so it, it's a, it's definitely a really weird time to, uh, perform in whatever bizarre capacity we're doing it um <laughs> but yeah i'm kind of uh you know i was I'm, I'm going back a little bit to just the blank page myself because i don't have a choice i don't have anything else going on well and i feel like there's gonna be a lot of that even you know in that kind of initial post-covid there's gonna be a lot of evening the evening the ground between everybody because everyone's yes. going to be a bit rusty. Oh, for sure. No, I, I definitely, um, I definitely think that's true. And I've done, I've done more comedy than I thought I would through this, but at the same time, it's like just to take weeks and months off. Um, I don't know if I ever, I mean, I did some zoom stuff, but that that's such a different feel that it's still, um, but yeah, that just, you know, to like, talk about writing material and most of this year I've been trying to remember material not write it you know what I mean I'm like wow right. <laughs> how did these jokes go you know oh yeah if someone asked me today hey I need you to do 30 minutes somewhere I definitely have to like go back to the old oh for sure and... <laughs> yeah 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 I've lost which is fine but it was like I've lost <laughs> 10, 15 minutes at least because I just stopped doing it. And by the time I remembered it, I'm like, I think it's gone. I don't think I, I think I lost the mojo on those. Um, but yeah. And do you find, cause like for me, like I know if I go more than two weeks without even just doing a open mic, I can tell that I lose, I don't want to say skill, but like things don't land as well. Like I lose yeah. some of that stage yeah, whatever I, I think it's i don't know if it's polish i don't know if it's timing i don't know if it's confidence but yes all of those things um for sure and that's 
you know, that's one of the reasons this year's been hard. One of a million reasons is, you know, in the back of my mind, I always have a very vague goal of get better at comedy. It's not, it's not like, you know, it's not much to write on your vision board or whatever, just like get better. <laughs> but it's like, I didn't, I did not get better at comedy this year. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe I treaded water, but it's still, that's a little, I wrote way less. I performed way less. I did. That's hard. That's hard. It's hard to, um, it's hard to, uh, you know, just to realize that and uh, <laughs> hope at some point uh, it uh, swings back the other direction, but it is, um, um, I'm not used to writing and then not having a place to test it. You right. Know? I, I used that. to have nothing, nothing but places to test it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, whatever, 200 shows a year or something ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so it, it was, uh, that's been, that's been a bit of a challenge for sure. So would you have any advice specifically for like outdoor shows, backyard shows? Cause I imagine there'll still be some of those. Sure. Um, I don't know. I actually, my favorite part of this year was outdoor shows because I think I think it was the only thing I didn't have to compare with something now. I've done comedy clubs this year, some of them uh, that are still open and, you know, I don't feel great about it, but I'm going there, I'm flying there. And it's not that fun because it's sort of a shitty version of what I used to do. Like the limited crowd capacity, the travel scary, right you know I mean? it's like it's like it's sort of a haunted house version of my former life <laughs> yeah and, and but a backyard comedy show was i did a bunch of them this summer and they were fun it was just the joy of like we did one together it was fun it was great it, it, just the joy of like <laughs> an audience uh being there in, in a weird way but it was like i actually that was my favorite part of the whole year i don't really to me, I mean, maybe you can kind of talk about where you are and how weird it is, but it, to me, it just felt, the backyard felt more like a comedy club than the comedy club did in a weird way, you know? Right. Especially like the one we did with Alex Elkin, like, yeah, had the lights and, yep, you know, so it was well lit and well done. <clears throat> um, I might keep that going. I might even, even if this 2021 summer, God, I hope is things are headed the right direction i might i don't know i had a, i had a good time doing it and I, I i think i might do that again i think i might uh because i ended up doing maybe nine or ten of them this summer and almost all of them were super fun and uh so i, I might do that again um yeah before 2020 like it was kind of drilled into my head especially like you know producing and booking that like you can't do outdoor shows there's too many distractions the sound's yeah. not good like don't ever do one and after this year, I'm like, you know what? I don't actually think they're as bad as no. we've been told they are. I totally agree with that. And I, I think a lot of the times it, people were saying that because the outdoor shows that you would see were like a music festival where it was like outdoor with thousands of people, which is, of course, way less intimate than like someone's backyard. Um, not that I did the ones for thousands of people, but it, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> back in my Lollapalooza opening act days uh but yeah it um 
I feel like after this year, I mean, whatever. I mean, the after Zoom shows where everyone was muted, after uh, <laughs> after limited capacity, after outdoor show. I mean, I feel like if someone was like, you got to do comedy on the back of a flatbed truck on the freeway <laughs> while people watch you online, I'd be like, yeah, great. Sounds good. Let's <laughs> show me where the truck is. Like, I'm just, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, 2019, if someone wanted me to go to their backyard, I like you, I would have been like, well, this is going to be terrible. This is awful. And, uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I fear that. I don't fear that at all anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, Zoom's harder. <laughs> Zoom's harder because I don't know, there's just all these performance habits that I have that don't, you know what I mean? Even like scanning the crowd, there's no, there's no scanning. It's just straight at, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, uh, it's just a weird, you know, I'm talking with my hands and I realize I got to lower the camera because you can't even see my hands. <laughs> you know, there's just, <laughs> there's all these, uh, there's all these things where uh, Zoom's, I've had some fun ones, but that's been more of a challenge than the, than the, than the outdoor shows, I feel like. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. So, uh, Gabriel, how do people stalk you? How do they find you? How do they? Um, well, uh, GabrielRutledge.com, uh, at Gabe Rutledge on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Um, but, you know, my website, um, that'll, that'll get you all the places. Um, uh, I guess I should have said, you know what I should have said? Because this is what I tell myself every new bit that I write. If we're talking about writing, we have to talk about economy of words. I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, it's even now, I tell, whatever, I have a new bit that works. I listen to it and I go, what can I get rid of? Because that's, you know, there's so many, there's so many, almost the opposite of like writing a book where you want to do all the details. Comedy is just so succinct and it's it, it's it, as much as you've cut from your joke already you can cut more and then the, you know I, I think about that all the time even when something works I'm like okay now what can I cut and then in time I add yeah you know but it is it, it is um when I watch comedy and I watch someone meander around for 30 seconds before they get to the punchline I'm like oh you can't you're killing me you're killing me yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, one of the things I read once, I think read, was like every single word should support your punchline. There shouldn't be yeah. a single word that doesn't. No, Speaking I have kiddos. Hey, buddy. <laughs> There's a punchline. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, it, it, of course, you can drive yourself crazy by overthinking things like that. But yeah, it's uh, I think most people are a little too wordy, a little too verbose uh, on stage. Um and then that's how, if you cut enough, that's how you get to that thing where you're like a laugh every whatever, eight seconds, 10 seconds or whatever. But that's, that's how that happens is um, it's, it's the editing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you so much of course. for doing I, this. I we rambled and I apologize, but thank oh, you. For no, that's, <laughs> rambling is great. Uh, it was really awesome. So and if you're ever in the Central Oregon area or putting a run together, like get a hold of me. We'd love to. Oh, for sure I will. Yeah, that'd be great. Down. I haven't been to Ben in a while, but yeah. Awesome. We should fix Thank that. You. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Bye.
Thank you again to Gabriel Rutledge for letting me pick his brain for the New Year's New Jokes writing seminar. I actually had a chance to see Gabriel live. We talked about it in the interview, uh, doing a backyard show this summer. And as much as as comics, we're all kind of told that outdoor shows are not the best idea. I kind of hope outdoor shows stick around. I think the pandemic in many ways kind of taught our industry, you know, how to maybe do things a little differently. And I hope some of that stuff sticks around, including those outdoor shows. Um, of course, GabrielRutledge.com. You can find him on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Check out the show notes. You can find all the links that you need. So the writing exercise for this week is basically <laughs> based on the fact that this year was all about the hunt for the premise in our writing intensive. So that's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to take a notebook or charge your phone or however you want to take these notes and go through your week with the purpose of looking for premises. And I want you to write down every time you laugh, every time there's something that makes you funny, I want you to write it down. But I also want you to write down things that you find absolutely ridiculous and even things that are incredibly mundane that everybody are doing. If you see something that everybody around you is doing that is incredibly mundane, write that down. If you're able to make a joke about that, that could be cult. Um, so we're probably maybe six days away or six weeks away from being finished with the New Year's New Jokes writing intensive here on the podcast. And when that is over, we will go back to our regularly scheduled program, which means if you would like to be interviewed on the Comedy Mom podcast and talk about your comedy journey, whether what it's like in the first year, if you're currently in it or what it was like, either way, get a hold of me, comedymompodcast at gmail.com. If you are listening to this, you're probably connected to me social media wise. So slip into those DMs. I would love to hear from you. And that's it for this week. As always, guys, take your vitamins, take good care of yourselves, and don't be a dick on stage.